you know, when you look at the outdoors and all the industries attached, that's conservation, that's bloody filmmaking, that's gardening, whatever you want to call it, we're underrepresented because we are thought to be quote unquote urban people, which is the most whack term ever. Nothing, like, like I said, right at the beginning, I owe everything I have to London. Do you get what I'm saying? And the w way it's shaped me, the way it's given me my mentality and all that. But I'm not an urban, I'm not born to be in a city. What the hell are you talking about? You get what I'm saying? I'm, my DNA is made from two tropical islands. I am, I am nature, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, and, and we are, you know, if you look historically for hundreds and probably thousands of years, the way we've lived back home, we're informed with all the wisdom, all the knowledge we need to survive in the natural world. We're the experts in this field. You get what I'm saying? But we've just been excluded. So it's about getting us back involved in those conversations, get back into those situations and, and reclaim something that always belonged to us. You know? You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast with me, Dan Burgess. The concept of the Spaceship Earth is simple. We live on a life-giving rock called Earth, hurtling through space. Like a spaceship, we have a finite amount of supplies with an intelligent operating system, which keeps everything we need replenished as long as we all respect it and use wisely. So an understanding of how this system works, along with deep cooperation between humans and all life, is essential to keep us thriving and the spaceship flying. In this podcast, I'm in conversation with humans involved in regenerating life, shifting consciousness and reimagining how we can live more beautifully and peacefully. I talk with artists, activists, writers, designers, adventurers, healers, entrepreneurs, creative mavericks and more. Their stories invite us to participate in the co-creation of a more beautiful, life-sustaining world in service to life, becoming crew on Spaceship Earth. Hello, welcome to the podcast. This is Dan. Hope this finds you well in these crazy times. Thanks for tuning in. It means a lot. Um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Um, if this episode connects with you, um, you can check out a full back catalogue of nearly 70 odd offerings now on our site, thespaceship.earth. So in this episode, I'm in conversation with Nadine Pereira. Now, Nadine is a birder, wildlife TV presenter, activist, youth mentor, and co-founder of Flock Together. Flock Together is a bird-watching collective for people of color. They say, nature is a universal resource. For too long, black, brown, and people of color have felt unwelcome and marginalized in spaces that should be for everyone. Together, we are reclaiming green spaces and rebuilding our relationship with nature one walk at a time. Now, Nadim is a very special human being, and I'm grateful for the time we hung out and this conversation. He's just 28 years old, and to me is without doubt one of the most remarkable guests I've had on this podcast. I learned a lot from listening to Nadim. He has an amazing energy, and in my opinion, these beautiful qualities and values that feel to me to be essential for these times. I think if you pay attention and listen carefully to this conversation, you'll take a lot from it. This goes 
way beyond birds. I wanted to share a few reflections I had after this conversation because the more I reflect on what is being asked of us in these times, the more I'm coming back to very human qualities, values, practices, principles, relationships, ways of showing up with ourselves, with each other and with the more than human world. These things being the vital tools for change. What do I mean by that? Well, it's something I speak to a lot, but in these times of increasing complexity, uncertainty, overwhelm, fear, challenge and divisiveness, how we decide to show up, the tonality of how we choose to engage with other people, the values and principles that we decide are important to navigate life with and how we wish to be treated by others become way more critical than which side or opinion we choose to hold, in my opinion. Because I believe that the future that is unfolding in front of us is demanding participation from everyone. And that means not having fixed answers, binary right and wrongs, but just ongoing questions and responses and the co-creation of new knowledge. The how becomes the key to co-creating an emerging, living, diverse and caring human cultures. So what I experienced in this conversation with Nadine was humility, always coming from a place of openness, non-judgmental, a deep commitment to bridging generations and supporting the next generation, being connected to the young and their hopes and dreams, a duty of care, solidarity and support for your wider communities, a tangible responsibility for others, a respectful, curious and abundant relationship with nature, the more than human world, and then intuition or vibe, if you like, an ability to navigate power dynamics, truth, complexity and fairness with intuition, which if you listen regularly to this podcast, you'll know is a strong thread that I'm often exploring. How can we know the world differently beyond just the rational intellect, the very heady Western logic, which when it becomes the dominant way of knowing, organising and designing, it's leading to so much violence, division and destruction. And as I sit here recording this, I'm watching spring unfold in my garden. The blossoms on the plum tree are sprouting. Dandelions and daisies are rising in the grass. Bees are beginning to appear and forage. There's a pair of goldfinches I've been watching today. have been pulling old spider web. Um, between the cracks in the garden wall, presumably for uh, nest building. And then I zoom back out and think of this current world context we're living in of climate and ecological breakdown, war, massive inequalities, extreme poverty, structural racism, mental burnout and exhaustion from COVID, masses of uncertainty. I can't help but think what are ageing male leaders in power and institutions could learn 
from adopting this kind of tonality, these types of qualities, these values, principles and ways of showing up and facing into these challenges together. What might happen? So I'm going to leave it there. As you can hear, I'm a, a huge fan of Nadim of the Frock Together mission. Really excited by the waves of change they are creating. Watch this space because they are going to be making a lot of beautiful noise. And I think Nadim will be someone we'll be seeing a lot of in the future. And I really hope so, because at least in my humble opinion, the sooner we can get out of the way and make space for people like Nadim flock together and the many, many young, brilliant humans all over our home planet who know how to heal the damage that's been done, the better chance we have of creating a more beautiful, life-sustaining world in these most challenging of times. So let's cut to it. This is the Spaceship Earth podcast, episode 59 with Nadim Pereira. Enjoy. You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast with my dad, Dan Burgess. Right. Nadim, <laughs> welcome hello. to the Spaceship Earth podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Pleasure oh, to be here. Isn't it? It is. And we're, we're properly here. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're in, you're in my, uh, what did you call it? My bird hide. The bird hide. It's like a bird hide in the Swiss Alps. That's what it feels like. It's very, very relaxed. And you gave me a nice tour. Of the city, so I'm loving it, man. I'm I'm loving the day so far, and oh. loving the vibes. Oh, it's, 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 I'm 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 chuffed you've you've made it happen because I know you're a, I know you're a busy busy mm-hmm, man, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, I'm pleased we've managed to get get to uh, my li- my little tiny little slice of the spaceship Earth, <laughs> and uh, and uh, we got a, a little bit of a wonder and a ramble, which was mm-hmm. which was great, and um, and I was just thinking before we dig in because it was like we met, I met you. Do you remember it was? Very briefly, it mm-hmm. was at COP twenty six in Glasgow, um, and it was a it was a breakfast thing, wasn't it, on the ocean? Yeah. Um, and uh, and I remember, well, I remember just, I remember just kind of, um, I remember instantly just sensing you had this kind of really interesting energy, and I was like, I'd really like to do a podcast with with Nadim mm-hmm. and uh, and here we are so I'm pleased we've, we've made it I've made, we've yeah, made it no, work yeah no man it was brilliant <laughs> because you know you have to remember as well like me being me and coming from where I'm from mm. to be at COP26 was like a very very new experience for me uh, let alone turning up to a breakfast and I'm surrounded by all these corporate boards you know like discussing stuff discussing important things mind you but like just in terms I'm not very familiar with you know um, but then, and so many people, obviously off the back of what we do, which we can get into later, um, coming up to me, like asking me questions, speaking about what I do. Oh, can you come and do this? Can you come and do that? But your vibe was just like, you came on the right vibe, you know, you passed the vibe check. It's, it's all about a, vibe, isn't it? It is, 100% <laughs> it is, bro. And it's like, it's an under, it's an undervalued metric of the world is vibes, mm. you know, like it's not quite tangible. It can't be put, you can't write a, thesis on it i guess but you know so if some somebody strikes a chord in your heart the right way you're gonna vibe with them and you're gonna get along and i think the way you approached me was just cool you know and a lot of people approached me to do a lot of stuff and believe me we don't do it all i can, I can imagine <laughs> i can imagine because you, you you got a lot going on but i mean just on that actually what was your i was curious like what, what did you take out from that experience of being 
up in up in Glasgow. Um, that's that's a good question, and 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 I think what what I took from it was learnings, uh, not just for myself but for my community. Um, it was good for me to see what what a discussion looked like at the top level, you know, um, with regards to something like climate change and global warming, because you know, especially from where we're from, it's like these conversations happen so far above our heads, it's hard for us to even connect and engage with the subject, you know, because it's it seems like no one's ever talking about it in ways we understand. So for me to be there, I was I was honored to be there um, and, and get a taste of what that was like. But I kind of realized something, Dan, like no one knows what they're doing. Do you get what I'm saying? Like that's what I realized when I was there. Even these people that get paid a lot of money to to handle this stuff and and work with entire organizations dedicated to working with these stuff no one really knows what they're doing so in terms of myself and my community we're not that far behind so what we have to offer in this space and going forward not just myself our community Mm -hmm. will have a lot to offer this space uh, we should not be discouraged by the fact that oh we're new to the conversation because even people with banks more experienced than us are not that much far ahead in the race. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean the race. Sorry, I will use no, a different no. term. Not the race, as if there's we have to beat anybody, but in the solving of the issue, um, we should definitely feel confident as a community to be able to contribute positively to it. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, hundred percent, and you know. Because I, I, I came away very exhausted from um, from my experience. I found it I found it very disorienting the whole thing because it was kind of like these different sort of realities that I found myself sort of moving between. You know, sort of in in that sort of more official zone where I mean, for me, it's sort of it's dominated by it's dominated by white men and it's dominated by this language of sort of markets and finance and technology. Mm-hmm which is a very sort of like, <clears throat> you know, this kind of like sense that that's, that that's where all the answers will come from. Mm-hmm. And then what I was experiencing out on the, out on the streets was, you know, potentially with the sort of the youth voice and the more marginalized and the indigenous and sort of very, you know, a, a complete, you know, overhaul of everything, you know, because <laughs> sort mm-hmm. of a sense that actually, you know, we've got to reimagine everything, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so these very different sort of um, views of what, of what kind of good looks like. Do you know what I mean? 100%. Um, and um, it's interesting here you talk about about that thing. Because, like, yeah, I mean, I, my sense is like, I was sitting to someone the other day was saying, where was it? Actually, it was on another podcast, but it was this conversation like, you know, where are, where are the, where are the really important, intelligent conversations happening now? Mm-hmm. Because like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't seem to be happening in kind of a sort of political level anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? On governments. Mm-hmm. It's also, I mean, so it's it's interesting, isn't it? How these 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 you know these events and these places and these forums, but they feel to me very stuck. 100%. You know what I mean? So I think when you talk about like, you know, not being far behind, I would say you're right alongside, but mm-hmm. you're just opening up different ways of exploring this. Hundred percent. And I think, but what like a big part of what we want to achieve for our community is to just build up that confidence in in taking part in these conversations and entering these spaces because our community is i mean our community first of all is full of vibrancy full of life full of pure vibes do you get what i'm saying Mm. we are vibe makers by nature 
Um, but then it's like, when in the context of the West, of, of our community existing in the Western world, we've had to solve a lot of problems. You know, we've had to deal with a lot of problems. So it's it's second nature for us at this point. So we have we have lots and lots of fresh perspectives, new ideas, new energies to contribute to the wildlife conservation space, the climate change space, all of these spaces which our communities are most affected by, number one, and then also our communities have been shut out from, whether or deliberately or accidentally. Um, we have lots to offer it because it's 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 a bit tired, man. Those spaces, the the, you know, I'd say exhausted. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm being they're, polite, you know. They're on their knees. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a bit tired. No so vibe in those spaces. Hundred percent, and it's like, why does it have to be like that? Yeah. You know, and it's like because what what would happen if you actually gave it some life, gave it some kick, and and tried to bring young people into it, you know? And it just causes me to think. You actually don't want a diverse involvement in this area because then you you might have to submit a little bit of control in this space. Do you get what I'm saying? And that's what we're trying to break down, you know? That's what I'm trying to break down. Like, it's not, it's not this... It's not... Nature, number one, is not this thing to be controlled and harnessed by one group of people. It's not a resource to be exploited. It's a boundless source of love that is... That is... That is uh, plentiful enough to supply all of us and s some of us unfortunately have been duped out of that position and, and caused not to see it and it's just a big 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 mission for me to draw our community's eyes onto that endless source of love because back home like the way we live you know even in terms of language bro like I was having this discussion with my brother the other day like if you like if I met you I would call you uncle or Aya, you know, big brother or little brother. That's how we talk to each other. No disrespect, yeah? But you try and call a white man uncle, he's going to say, all right, you're fucking uncle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's going to say that. And it's like, small things like that, mm. it's, I'm trying to bring you closer to me. That's just how I talk because that's in my culture. That's how we are. In London, in England, in the West, it's all about division. You're my cousin, twice removed. Like, we don't have a word for cousin. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not about separation. It's about inclusion for us. We are one big family. So we wanna, and that, so I say that to say innately, that is who we are. When we come to the West, we adopt these Western ways of being more divided, more cold and all of this. And we step away from that natural way of being. And I just really want us as a community to, to return to that and to return to that love. And we can so, totally do that through nature if we highlight it and champion it and engage with it you know i love i love that it's what i would call these sort of you know very human technologies right love mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, like we, yeah. it's ancient it works mm -hmm. and uh it's just figuring out how to sort of help folks kind of open it back up again mm -hmm. isn't it it's like a it's like a sort of practice just sort of to sort of uh shift just shift our awareness slightly mm -hmm. you know to open up a bit and uh, yeah, so much is possible so listen i um we're going to dig into 
into into flock together and, and and all the stuff that's going on but mm-hmm. what i love to do and listeners love is just to get a little bit of a little bit of uh your backstory particularly mm-hmm. what i'm always interested in is like what are the what are the seeds or the or the kind of threads in your life that have kind of like led you to this kind of pathway that you're on you know because yeah. you're you've got um you know beautifully diverse uh roles or things that you're exploring from wildlife present tv presenting to youth coach mm-hmm. to activism to kind of nature guy to mm-hmm. a birder you know it's like that's a really interesting yeah, mashup yeah, and yeah. Uh, can you just give us a little bit of like you know just the, just the sort of some of those seeds or threads that have kind of led you down this path to now mm-hmm. before we dig into the i would say the i would say that t- there are two places really that that i owe my being to the most uh that's london not england london it's like a different thing mm-hmm. <laughs> uh because London just has this, obviously there's, it's a capital of culture, let's call it that, you know, in terms of this country. Um, and particularly where I grew up in London, in East London was like, it's the birthplace of, you know, like grime music. That is integral culture that has like, come from London. So this is, these are the environments I grew up in, like, and so that the lessons I learned growing up there would never ever leave me. The lens I see the world through is manufactured by those streets. So I can't I can't ever ever lose that, and I would never lose that. Um, and I think then the more the more so that's I think that's where my activist side comes from. I think that's where the football coaching side comes from because whilst there's a lot of value in those spaces that I grew up in, there I noticed a lot that could be changed. You know, even from a very, very young age, I, I realized a lot and I, I looked around me and I realized a lot of people could be doing, who knows how these people would would be behaving, what they would be doing if their environment were a little bit different. So my, I would say my activism comes from that. Then the youth sports coaching, particularly football, also comes from that. You know, how from a young age, because of the environments we were in, we were more liable to be engaging in, in, in whatever activities, I think that could be that could be offset by a little bit of guidance, you know? Um so I, I do I make it a big, big point no matter what I'm doing in my life, I'm coaching football, you know, or I, I make that a big, big point. I'm coaching football to kids because I like having my finger on the pulse. I like being connected to the next generation in that way. Um and, and being able to not just hear what their stories, but also share my stories and and learn from each other and and bridging that generational gap. But that's really really important to me. Plus, I love football as well. <laughs> so I'd say London. I owe those to London. But then the whole wildlife side of things, TV presenting, birding, all of it, I would say comes from Sri Lanka. Like I have to like I'm half Sri Lankan, half Jamaican, but I've grown up in a Sri Lankan family, raised by my Sri Lankan family. And my mum, bless her, like she made a big point of taking us there every summer. We'd spend like at least a month there every summer. And um, the wildlife was just unreal, man. Like from a young age, I was always fixated on it. Like I just couldn't believe it. You know, we'd be running around playing games, me and my brother. And there'd be like a Russell's Viper one day we saw, you know, like, and my grandma, we shouted, snake, snake. My grandma comes out. And these are Buddhist people, my family. They never kill anything. And as soon as she saw it, she just sliced his head off straight away. Like straight, no hesitation. And it's like that, 
dope experiences like that anyway um always fascinated me um and i think that fo- it just followed through when i came back to london i would wonder why we had certain animals here or why we didn't have certain animals here and why would we have them in Sri Lanka and I think my interest in ecology then became uh started to started to mold uh, off the back of those Sri Lanka trips because I would I would look at the landscape and its relationship to species as well not just the species alone so I would say yeah London and Sri Lanka if you had to summon some Nadim up as <laughs> two places I'd say London and Sri Lanka for sure amazing mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's that that um that whole kind of what is around us right like the impact mm-hmm. when we you know when we have a nature rich experience mm-hmm. like you talk of in Sri Lanka and how that kind of awe and sort of curiosity and wonder is just sort of fed mm-hmm. because it's around you and then you look at how place we've developed places in this country for example Mm -hmm. cities and we've kind of stripped out that we've stripped life away and that what that impact is you know because it's like what that impact because when you grow up without those connections without you know seeing those that that other life and having like you say you know that question of like what is this stuff and how you know and it's Mm -hmm. like because in some ways you can sort of when i look at this stuff all the time about the you know how you know, we've made it really hard for people to have a connection to the the natural world. And the big piece is how we've developed places. Do you know what I mean? And a lot of people have had no access, right? But it is, again, it's, it's, it always gets me sort of really, I struggle with it sometimes, I think, because it feels so simple of how, you know, you know bring, bringing nature back into play, mm-hmm, you know, making mm-hmm. that like the most important piece when we build housing and stuff. You know, why aren't we doing it in a way that, brings life back you know because just that 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 experience can it, it impacts people on such a deeper level doesn't it 100%. like it shifts things like things that you know makes life you know it can take the edge off stuff mm-hmm. um that's i think that's the beauty of of life you know you one moment could be insignificant to me but to you could could change your life entirely you know and I think that our job, especially when we find ourselves in positions of, of prominence, um, our job is to highlight things and push things to the forefront that are important, you know, um, because and, and you know, when people ask, oh, what do you do as an activist? Like, all right, cool. You know, like I might not be that guy at every single pro. I was at COP26, by the way. <laughs> yeah, But I might not be that guy at every single protest. But you know what? Every chance I get, I speak on it. You get what I'm saying? I speak on really what I believe. I speak on issues that my community face. And and I think so long as you do that, you, you're you're doing your job, you know. Um for for me, I, I would be I would leave tomorrow and be very happy knowing that every chance I got, I pushed nature to the forefront, I pushed the significance of nature to the forefront, and I tried to communicate that message not only to my peers, my age peers, but to the younger generation and through my work in football and through the Flock Together Academy as well, um, we've been able to connect those to connect those dots and bridge those gaps between generations, you know? Um, and, and that's all, that's for me as a matter of priority, that's what I'll be carrying on doing with mm. my future for sure. <clears throat> so let's, let's, let's dig into Flock, flock Together. Because mm. um, if, if, if I was... Am I right? It was it was kind of born. It was hatched in the 
first lockdown was yeah, it right it was it was march 2020 no it was about actually to be fair about may 2020 um you know just i was working as a as a football coach um and i started doing one-to-one sessions during the first lockdown and um one of the guys uh i, I coach his kid um his name is derek shout out derek um he's a graphic design lecturer and um really cool guy but he was one of these guys that would always say to me that deep you got so much potential man you gotta do you gotta do more man you gotta do more keep going da, da, da. So i was like cool and he was like there's a guy who works it he's like a creative genius man he's revolutionized industries you gotta follow him man his name's ollie ollie danger his name was ollie danger at the time so i was like all right cool i'll follow this dude see what he's saying you know and i'm not uh corporate creative guy. I might be creative in my being but as a profession as an industry I'd never set foot there I am very much like a I'm an outdoors man isn't it yeah <laughs> but anyway so followed this dude and his his Instagram was cool whatever you know and then like two days later I'm going through my Instagram and I see on his stories he's posted a series of short clips of birds you know so he must have been sitting in a park somewhere so what I did I just uh responded to each clip you know kind of slid in his dms type stuff and um was naming every species then he hits me back straight away as well like yo how do you know all this stuff and i said <laughs> i'm an avid bird watcher bro this is like what i do type stuff and he was like oh my god bro i've had this idea to start this bird watching club uh you'd be the perfect guy to do it with i was just waiting for the black person to to, to come along so he was, I was like, yeah, cool, let's let's do it. I couldn't think of an idea more suited to who I am. So he was like, yeah, cool. So we set, I think he, he, him or his peoples put a flyer together like two days later and he was like, post this on your socials. So we did that. And then like, I think we had 10 people on our first walk, but even before the first walk, we were about to do it and then the night before and we were like, bro, we haven't even met each other. Like, we, you know, <laughs> we just, we'd like done all this stuff, got all of this stuff ready. Let's, let's meet up. So he cycled over to where I was and we went for a walk around the park um, in Hackney and just shared stories. Do you get me? Like I told him what I, where I was coming from, what I do and how nature helped me type stuff. And he told me, he was telling me his story and do you know what? I'd shout out Ollie as well because we walked around this park and there was, you know how you, you get all these like cool people, you know, and like in their designer clothes and all this type stuff, but battered trainers type stuff, you know? So, and you think, oh my God, they're too cool. I can't speak with them. Like every single one of these people would interrupt us and say hello to Ollie, like everyone. So I was thinking, all right, this person is... <laughs> you know he knows, he knows folks you know he knows folks and it's not just it's not just knows folks the way people were coming to him was like they respected him mm. you know they respected the work he had done so um i knew i was right then and there like all right cool this guy knows a thing or two let me let me he'll be a good person to learn from so anyway um next day i think 10 people turn up to the first walk and it was brilliant and then the rest is history, bro. The and what did you? I mean, what was what was the invitation at that point? What were you, what was what was the invite? Just come out and. That's a good question. We'd never been asked that question actually. <laughs> the, the, the the all it was was a bird watching club for people of color. That was literally to 
the off in our very first mission was to combat the underrepresentation of people of color in the natural world. That was the tagline. Yeah, that was it. Um, and yeah, I think nearly two years later, I would say that's mission accomplished. You know, um, we hit the. But th- this is another thing with flock. Every target we set for ourselves, we smash it so quickly. So it's like we literally believe we can do anything now <laughs> that's the that's the problem we have we think we can do everything so we set our standards really high we set the bar really high because um not only do we believe in what we do we know it's so necessary to keep driving this conversation forward and 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 driving our community forward in these spaces you know so yeah we we, we don't slow down and we've only got bigger and better plans for the future We live on a life-giving rock called Earth, hurtling through space. How bonkers is that? You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast. Because <clears throat> so there was something, I mean, I guess it'd be good to dig into a little bit of that 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 time mm-hmm. because there was like, I mean, obviously like you, you know, you both of you were like, feeling this feeling this uh that you know these spaces like were not welcoming mm. people of color and you took but you know you've been experiencing that through your lives right mm-hmm. but there was and then there was something else that was happening at the time wasn't it because there was the pandemic that was kind of locking people in so we were all kind of like people were sort of starting to notice the natural world more and then of course there was also there was the George Floyd killing that happened mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So there was some, there was a kind of, these things 100%. were sort of happening, weren't they? hundred percent. And it, it came at a time where our community was like battered, you know, like I don't think people quite understand and they'll never understand you get unless you mm. are one of the people affected. Yeah. It's very, very exhausting to turn on the news and see that like mentally, like it's draining and it's not draining because it's it's draining in a pain <coughs> pardon me it's draining in a painful way you know like that that's what uh, a lot of people don't understand and so to to understand that everyone is going through that at that time is even more sad you know you under, you realize you're not alone we're all going through this but there's nowhere for us to be do you get what i'm saying there's nowhere in this world around us for us to come together and heal together um and that's why i kind of Ray Oli because and and his vision because for me I I had by the way that George Floyd thing was just the straw that broke the camel's back mm. in many ways yeah. we've all gone through it as individuals our whole lives personally and professionally burden was always my coping mechanism and it was me on my own 95% of the time going out into the woods gaining my peace, getting my healing. And it was, I was, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing that I, I decided to do. And I would always be grateful for the day I took on burden as, as uh, in that way. But it wasn't until I met Ollie that I realized, wait, this can actually benefit our entire community in the same way. So, and that, that was the main point for him because his, his work is really stressful. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he, he performs at, at a very, very high level. So, and birding has helped him. So until I met him, I didn't realize just how impactful it could be for our community. 
And now the testimonies we get after every single walk are are moving, truly, truly moving. And um, it just puts new wind in ourselves every single month to keep going and 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 providing this platform for not just us, you know, it's way bigger than us. Flock Together is way bigger than us. And I think um, the knock-on effects of, of what we've done are going to go on for a very, very, very long time. Mm. And I think we're very, very happy to have been in that position. And now it's just like making sure we set up, set it up in a way that it can keep going forever and ever as long as it needs to go, you know? Yeah, give us give us a sense of like um I want to dig into birds in a minute, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give it give it give us a sense about how that yeah, what 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 was what's that journey been like sort of like as from the community perspective. So you mm. started doing the, you started doing these walks very quickly. Mm. You it was kind of blowing up, right? Yeah. How's it evolved over the last couple of years? It's like, crazy. Like I think the second walk we the first walk we did was in uh, Wolverhampton Wetlands in northeast London, which is a beautiful space. It's the largest urban wetlands in Europe. So that that was, and I had no idea it was there um, before that day. So that was great, and it was lovely. Second one we did was in Richmond Park, if I'm not mistaken. Was again really nice, but then it, I think it was when we went on our third walk, or I'm pretty sure it was the third in Epping, and we filled up the car park. There was like 60 people turning up and we were like, rah, okay, we've done something, we've done something special here. Um, and that, it, it's been beautiful, you know, because attending our walks, we have a vast range of professionals, you know, and, 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 and some people that are not professionals as well, you know, like it's very diverse. But the beauty is exactly that, the diversity, you know, we have doctors we have lawyers accountants that come we have directors producers like anyone you can think of across any industry comes to flock together you know mm. and um that's beautiful in a way because it means a people can forget about that you know but if they want to come and share an opportunity with the community or share whatever's going on they come and they are in a space where they can do that you know and it's um it's beautiful to see the, the 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 community on that journey together because we've had certain people come to flock out of work, especially being in the lockdown and everything. But then they've testified to us like and shared with the group, man, through flock together, be it has been my happiness throughout this time and now I've got a brand new job in this really big organization, you know, like that kind of stuff is is it's what we do it for, man. It's yeah. what we do it for. And that's just it's a true honor, you know, to be able to have spent my life or at least a portion of my life. And I'm sure Ali feels the same to be able to provide a platform that helps people, our brothers and sisters in that way is, 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 it's a, it's a very, very high honor and we don't take it lightly, you know, mm. we don't take it lightly, but the journey with the community has been incredible, incredible. And you might, and you must be, I mean, I guess you're, you're obviously learning loads from the community. What was the, just like when people started coming to flock, like what were, like what what was bringing them in? Do you think? I mean, what are the sort of stories you're laying? Is it was it connection? Is it curiosity? Think, was it space for? I think it was. I think it was. Like I said, we were a bit on our knees, you know. And when there was an opportunity to for there to be a space that was for us in an environment which demanded nothing from us, 
that was the that was a really big hook i think you know because we don't the barrier to entry for flock is low you know like no no we'll never charge anybody to attend and you know in this part in modern society you know like it's, it can be very easy to fall into this way of thinking that you're only worth something if you're able to produce an output you know if you can do this for this time week in week out reliably then you are good you know and it's like i've <clears throat> never been like that <laughs> the productivity story yeah it's terrible man it's terrible and 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 nature is the total opposite to that you can be whatever you want to be you cannot be whatever you want to be and nature totally accepts you and no one's gonna think two times about you if you come there and don't do anything yeah. with your time you know and by the way rest is radical by the way <laughs> do you know what i'm really saying is. if you're sitting there chilling out today listening to this good for you yeah um we need more of that. We need more of that. One hundo, one hundo. But um, but yeah, I think that's what drew a lot of people in that chance to, to be able to, be themselves without anything being asked of them in return. I think the alleviation of that pressure, um, that exists in everyday life, uh, was a big one as well for sure. And you go. I mean, you go. You go out to kind of all. You. I mean, it's like monthly now. Is that right? You mm -hmm. do these month in, mm -hmm. and and um, and you're visiting. Sometimes you're visiting uh, like proper birding spots. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're out in the city, whatever. What's been the response? Because again, you know, like I love birds, right? I'm not, I mean, I can't geek out like you can. I was walking with you earlier. You're like, you just hear us and go, oh, that's a, that's a sparrowhawk. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. half a mile away. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I love birds. I've always mm -hmm. loved birds. But even, you know, like... Like even when you talk, when I would talk about birds, like people think I mean, you're a bit weird, <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. but you're not like some old twitcher, you know. And mm -hmm. sort of like, so I mean, you're you're in in a beautiful way shaking up this whole like this whole idea of like what why wouldn't we have a relationship with 100%. these creatures, right? But mm -hmm. tell me a bit about that because now you're working as well with conservation orgs mm -hmm. and 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 you know they can be funny old people and mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean good you know lots of good and but what's that been like like what's what's your because i'm it seems to me you're really like making this beautiful waves of 100%. of energy in in this whole you know and as i say you're connecting up all mm -hmm. these different things through what you're doing but what's that been like can you share any any yeah. any stories about that whole yeah, sort of no it's been very cool you know like um because i've always i've always been me I can't change who I am and I just I'm I'm formless man do you get what I'm saying like I'm not gonna fit into this box like yeah I'm from East London yeah I love football but yeah I like birds do you get what I'm saying yeah, I, I get it 100% do you get what I'm I saying love it. Like, what, I love it why, why does that have to be a, a, a strange thing nice. and it's a strange thing because you have a preconceived set of ideas that you think I must exist within. Mm. That's the problem. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like demystifying that. But then even as far as birders go, yeah, it is it is it is weird and, and it can make people feel uncomfortable because it's a totally new uh, new outlet for them. Um but in I think that's where I gotta shout out Ollie again because like his speciality in life, like is connecting things to cultures. Do you get what I'm saying? So he's made it make sense to the culture in a way um, that it's like, it's okay to be a birder. You can be out here into these spaces. 
and like he does that in his own way. But for us, a, a, a big a big tool for us is is being visible, you know, just being purely visible. Um, the only tool we use is Instagram, you know, like literally the biggest tool we use is Instagram on the walks, getting people's face with the phone. Yeah, bap, 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 bap. And all of a sudden now people are seeing people that they can relate to doing an activity that they might not be, be able to relate to, but they might go and give it a try mm. just because they see someone doing it that looks like them. So I'd say representation is massively, massively important. But then also as well, like this young gen younger generation, what I'm liking about the younger generation, they live by this, there's no rules philosophy. You know, that's what I really, really admire about these guys. And I always try to, I'm, I'm, that's why I try and stay active and involved in youth groups, uh, whether it's football teams or youth clubs or sports clubs, whatever, because I know I'm not an, I'm not a fool. I'm, you know, I know when people look at me, they do think certain things for whatever reason. I enjoy taking that, <coughs> um, taking that, energy and throwing it right back at you in a whole new form do you get what i'm saying yeah. i love doing that so and i love doing that with kids too because the same goes for them they look at me and they think yeah this guy's sick man <laughs> you know what i'm saying he's from the streets man but i'm not going to tell you about the streets i am going to take you to the woods young yeah, man and it. i'm going to give you a pair of binoculars <laughs> and we're going to talk about this stuff and you've never heard someone talk about birds in the way i'm talking about them do you get what i'm saying you're not You've not met a person that can talk to you about birds, but then talk to you about all the stuff you can actually relate to as well. And that's that's massively important. And and to be able to to be able to change what a birder looks like is a big honor. And I've not I don't really I don't think Ollie and I have really sat down and appreciated that, to be honest with you. But yeah, it it, it it's it's sad that a birder even looks a certain way. There's an ownership on what a bird yeah, looks right. like. Yeah, right. Well, it goes. It's, it's a bit like you, you know, what you were talking about. You know, in the in the cop thing, it's like we mm -hmm. have these. You know, we perceive certain spaces and people to be of a certain type because mm -hmm. the stories that we've been sort of led to again mm -hmm. about stories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But do you know what I mean? That they they shape how we 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 see the world, mm -hmm. and when we can dismantle them mm -hmm. and bring in kind of like these stories, which are like, whoa, okay, you know, that's where it gets exciting mm -hmm. i think that's what's so so exciting about what you're doing because mm -hmm. that's what we need across everything right we just need and you used to speak about the birds it's like you know it's that divert you know like i always got like you know birds like the more the more species you spot the more beautifully weird <laughs> these different you know that's when you go well, that's what that's what nature does right mm -hmm. it, it needs like it allows everyone to have their own story. You know, all these species, they're, they're themselves. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And it's like, ah, oh, what if we were more like that? <laughs> 100%. You know, like um, I was doing some thinking the other day. If you see, let's take uh, an apex predator, yeah? So if you saw a golden eagle here, for example, yeah? Yeah. Now, that golden eagle is one species. But what that golden eagle implies is actually an entire ecosystem that exists around it, you know? That golden eagle will hunt, I don't know, a smaller bird, let's say uh, kestrel. Let's mm -hmm. say it catches a kestrel. That kestrel 
then feeds on voles. That those voles are feeding on grasses. Now, all of those things are intricately connected and help each other out. You get what I'm saying? And that's what I enjoy a lot about nature. That you're looking at one thing, and we can look at these these uh, let's say red wings that are landing in the garden, and I can say, oh, those red wings are here. Those red wings like hawthorn bushes, so there must be hawthorn bushes mm -hmm. here. Hawthorns are really good for this type of caterpillar too. So we got those here. And it's I love the idea that one thing implies the others as if all of those things are one. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas if you look at a relic of capitalism now, you know, like you look at a person, like we used the apex predator in the first example. If you look at a success in capitalism and all they imply, it's the total opposite of that. If you see a rich person in walking down the streets, you think there's probably a bunch of people that have been screwed over by him. Do you get what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I love that. Love for that. years and years and years. And it's like, the implications are totally different. And I think that we as people need to really start identifying with the former. We need to be more like the golden eagle in this, in this analogy than this individual who's exploited people and and continues to exploit people to keep themselves above the rest. It doesn't need to be like that. Well, it's it's a story of relationships, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And cooperation and interdependence. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like I have this um, this kind of uh, sort of phrase I've exploring through this podcast of like what what happens through you. Do you know what I mean? It's like because things are happening through us all the time. Like when you you speak, you know, you spoke of all those different species, right? Mm -hmm. But through them, through their existence, all these other things are happening, right? And actually. They can be, you know, you can look at them as extremely unique species, like doing their own thing, living their own story, but they're contributing, they're mm -hmm. participating in co-creating something mm -hmm. which benefits everyone, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, mm -hmm. that's for me, that really interesting. So when you talk about, again, that, that story of capitalism, what happens through people as we're, as we're, as we're sort of driving down that story of you know, productivity and accumulation and getting ahead. And mm -hmm. actually there's this extraordinary, uh, all these relationships that are part of that, whether that's people working, whether it's materials you're using, whether it's the way you talk to people, whether it's all this stuff's happening through people mm -hmm. all the time. And it is a, it's a, it's this flip that you're speaking to of seeing ourselves as part of this, of this kind of web, mm -hmm. you know, that we're all actually, if we're participating something through our work, our story, our life, that's contributing to the the health of the whole, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. that's where I get to with this. It's 100%. like, isn't it? It's like, and it's a beautiful way, as you say, when you start to notice how the natural world works, mm -hmm. the answers are all there, aren't they? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's like, I don't know, when we come to birds, like, I, I like the simplicity of it, you know? Um, sometimes it's what I found hard to deal with growing up still sometimes today the jargon and bureaucracy that shrouds a lot of things for, you know it throws you off it totally throws you off and if you've not been churned through churned out of the education system you have a hard time dealing with that stuff and what I liked about birds like as I picked up books and started to read more about them and their, their behaviour and stuff you can see a bird here that flew from sub-Saharan Africa just because of the weather. <laughs> just because the weather was nice. No passport, no 
Nothing. <laughs> it just got up yeah. and flew. Life could really yeah. be that simple. There's some good food there as well. 100%. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, the life could really be that simple. Yeah. Um, and it's not. And it's not because there are all these structures that have been put in place that depend on limiting people, that depend on exploitation of people, that only benefits a select few who have historically done the same thing that we think life is not that simple but really it is nature is bountiful enough for all of us the planet has more than enough space for all of us to roam around it freely and it, it, it it's I, I like the word you used earlier you know like reimagine it's time to reimagine what a future looks like where there are no none of this you know, not to say no borders. I w I'm not a politician. I'm not going to go into that space. Mm. But what I will say is this world is equally everybody's. Do you get what I'm saying? If a man wants to, or a woman wants to get up and go from this place to the next place, go for it. You know what I'm saying? That's how life should be. But yeah, we're a very long way from that. But I think it's time we start to ask ourselves those questions. Start to look at, start to look at the limits and bounds that are in place and question why are these actually here like what purpose are they actually serving who are they serving you're listening to the spaceship earth podcast with my dad dan burgess We need to be, be more bird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Be more bird. Um, tell us about, um, <clears throat> I mean, through, because I guess there's, and this is obviously, I think, when I looked at the, you know, understanding where you're heading with, with flock and, because there's a lot, there's, you've got a lot more going on underneath the surface around like what is actually happening through the work you're doing mm -hmm. and these connections, which I'd love to chat about a bit. You know, you've, you've, I mean, you've got this book coming up, which mm -hmm. we'll talk about, but, um, I think you talk of your six pillars and, but there's, there's some really deep, beautiful work that's going on. And I, I'd love to explore that a bit because again, it's sort of, it's like the, it's catalyzing through, through the bird watching and being out and mm -hmm. moving together mm -hmm. as well. Cause movement's quite a big part of this as well, isn't mm -hmm. it? Like walking together and, 100%. um, and, and, you know, as you will know well, because like you said, this is why you found that, you know, you found, um, sort of birding and being out as a way for you to deal with the complexity and violence and of, of our of our world at times yeah. you know and it's like you 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 know that connection through through being out and that connection to our own selves and our own well-being and our own and our connection to others and that's actually there's it seems like that's there's a you know that's quite intentional now with the way you're you're looking at flock and the, and, mm -hmm. the, and the pillow works can you speak a bit to that and how that well-being that sense of well-being through getting out through noticing you know this life but how that's how that's sort of you know impacting the community and, and the direction you're heading in yeah definitely i mean it's it's like i said it's it's for us to be able to provide a healing space is massively massively important for us because you know we we all function at our best when we're feeling happy when we're feeling safe um and unfortunately the way we live in, in in particularly in the west particularly as people of color we can feel very unsafe a lot of the time 
you know, more than a, a lot of people think, you know. And safe doesn't mean just physical safety. Safe means safe from being treated differently. Safe means being safe from being asked particular questions regarding particular things. Um, safe means being safe from being perceived as different mm. as a, you know just being a human being I'm, I'm just a normal human being why do I have to be subject to these situations just because of 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 what I look like you know so um yeah for us I mean one of the art pillars is mental health benefits of nature you know I'm sure science it's easy to tell that science would show uh, nature is very very good for us um but it's not something we want to take lightly as well at the end of the day we're not going to sit here and say flock together can improve your mental health like we're not going to we're not going to make a claim like that but it is high on our list of 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 things to hit this year you know to get some proper structure involved and 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 really be able to 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 provide that for our community because it's massively massively important um but yeah for for, for on a, on a on a very surface level i think we do provide a safe place for people and a place where people have testified that they feel 10 times better, you know, after coming to a flock walk than, than when they initially turn up. So if we can keep doing that, I think we're on the right path. Yeah. And I guess there's something you're, you're, you're seeing as well is that again, and that connection to others, right. It's sort of like, it just opens up right in when we're out and mm -hmm. we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're moving through, more natural spaces and we're spotting other life that's not human and it, mm -hmm. I, it sort of opens up our sort of empathy to each other mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think i think my, my from my own experience which is like <coughs> pardon me um when when i um you know with the mental health particularly on the mental health subject i, I like i said i'm not a professional none of us are professionals mm. so we don't want to talk too crazy on it but on my own personal journey, I can share my story. And, you know, what I enjoyed was when I, as a, in my late teens, mid late teens, you know, a, not the, a teenager in the most privileged situation is still going to feel a great deal of angst, a great deal of pressure, you know, and let alone a kid coming from where I was from. So whilst I was feeling all of these things, I fell into that trap of, you know, like my life becomes this box all of a sudden and I can't see outside of this box, you know? And before you know it, you know, you get all types of, of, of habits setting into your thinking. And what I loved a lot about birding and what I think Flock Together holds true to as well is stepping out of that box. So I used to go to Richmond Park. I remember just sitting on a map one day on Google Maps and looking at this massive green space on the other side of London, like, what is that? I'm just going to go and see that. And then I went there, fell in love. All of a sudden now, I'm hearing new sounds. Even walking through Richmond to get to the park, I'm seeing new shops. Like, wow, I didn't know London could look so good. Do you get what I'm saying? So now all of a sudden, I'm outside of that box. And I, when I'm in the park and there are no relics of capitalism surrounding me, I'm all of a sudden now coming back into myself and I'm thinking, I'm looking back at my box, symbolically speaking, and now this box looks, whereas my whole world before, yeah. it now looks tiny. Yeah. 
And now all of a sudden, when I go back to my life, I've got a whole new perspective. Mm. And that was, that feeling was so empowering, especially during a time of hardship. And it was that feeling I became, that I, I began to value very, very much because I felt so recharged and full of energy, full of new perspectives to take back to my regular life outside of Richmond that I just kept on going. And to be able to provide that confidence to our community is a massive benefit. Like when people come to Flock, you don't got to come there and be a bird expert when you go home, you know, that's not what it's about. But if it's about you're feeling the pressure of work or whatever one day, you get up with your friends and be like, yo, let's go to this local green space and, and march around a couple of times. You know, like that's what it's about. Equipping our community to to be able to take up space where they normally may not afford to do so. Um, because I have felt the benefits of that mentally myself. Um, I'm not I'm not a doctor. I can't I can't clinically approve that, but I can say for sure my mental well being felt much better after that. Yeah. And we've had members of our community attesting the same. But we were chatting earlier, weren't we, before the mm -hmm. podcast about like <clears throat> that different different intelligence, different ways of knowing the world and knowing mm -hmm. ourselves. And again, there's always that thing, isn't it? Because I, you know, the work, my work over the years with exploring nature connection is always this, you know, you, you know intuitively this is like medicine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but it's, we're in this, in this westernized kind of way of knowing the world. It's almost like we have to wait for the science to tell us. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, yeah, it's good. 100%. And, um, but that different, you know, that different in, in intelligence that exists when we're out and we're able to kind of, you know, experience other life. Um, and, and again, it's, um, yeah, because it sort of feels like, po you know, post, is it post-pandemic? I guess it is post-pandemic, but you mm -hmm. kind of think, well, like, you know, why, why aren't we spending like billions just rewilding cities? Do you know what I mean? Just bringing nature mm -hmm, back. Because <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it's, it's almost instant, the impact it can 100%. have. Do you know what I mean? People 100%. can see it and feel it. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, wow. Um, so when did you know that the, the bird was your thing? Like when was, uh, what? can you remember Ooh. like what drew you into the? Yeah, there was a couple of times, you know, um, I think I established this recently with my friend. We were chatting the other day. I think the green woodpecker is my bird. Oh, still. really? I think so, yeah. There's a, like, couple, there's a couple that usually come across here. Is it? Yeah, yeah, nice. Got that nice. sort of joker laugh. Yeah, they? yeah. Like... They sound like zebras a little bit. <laughs> um, but no, I think the, the green woodpecker, one memory stuck out for me, like most prominently. Um, I was just going for a tough time, you know, like not really going to school too much. And um, I'm just sitting in a graveyard in the middle of Essex, where I was living at the time, like Essex, London suburbs. And um, just chilling, thinking about life, trying to organize my thoughts. And then this green woodpecker just landed in front of me. Started going through the grass, bobbing in and out of the gravestones. And I was just, number one, taken aback by the beauty of this bird, mm, like yeah, a beautiful. bright green bird Redhead. The red cap, yeah. the black mask, like, what is this? Like, I've never seen anything like it. Um, so that uh, took me aback. And then I think at, the, at that time, what I was, what I what stuck with me was, I feel all of these things. I think the world is going to end. But there is this animal that is just living its life right in front of me. Doesn't care. 
and that animal is not working for someone, that animal is not trying to be better than me, that animal is just doing what needs to be done for itself, nothing more, nothing less. And that animal is totally content. And I think that is how I perceived it and that's what stuck with me. And I realized, you know what? As long as I can do what I need, what needs to be done day by day, nothing more, nothing less, just to make sure I'm okay. That's the minimum requirement for me. Just make sure I'm okay. Then life is good. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I continue to do that uh, and, and live in that way. And um, yeah, it just worked wonders. So I think from that, was, from that day, I ran home. Thought, you know what? I'm going to get a cat. I had a cat DSLR at the time. I want to take a picture of this bird. Saw it again. Took a picture of it. Then I noticed kestrels in the guttering of the church. Started to take pictures of those. Then the long-tailed tits came along. And then my girlfriend at the time as well. I just spoke to her recently as well. Like, shout out her. Um, she, she bought me a bird guide. The Collins Complete Bird Guide first edition i still use it to this day that same book and yeah before i knew it, i was leaving my house just to see these birds man just to see these birds and no one will come with me uh everyone thought it was very weird um <laughs> but i knew i i saw the value in it man. yeah, yeah you I, felt it you I felt, felt it, it. Yeah. i felt the value in it yeah so i was like no one could tell me any different i loved going to the woods and not uttering a single word to a human being to a human being <laughs> for six seven hours you know i loved that i loved not having to be anything except my damn self it's full stop you know what i'm saying there was not any space in in in, in modern society that allowed me to do that it was always there was always a price for my for my presence you know i always had to produce something for someone and i'm just not down with that stuff you know so yeah i think from then on i knew birds was was the way forward <sighs> That green woodpecker. Mm, wow. Mm, mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Look what man. happened. <laughs> exactly. Look what happened. Exactly. See, but I love that. It's, that. it's always that. That's what I love about, like, again, it's like, you know, the, the world, you know, I always, you know, I, I believe this is, you know, the world, it's magic, right? It's alive. Mm-hmm. There's, there's all kinds of possibility everywhere mm-hmm. if we just began to notice, you mm-hmm. know, and I love how these encounters can, like, just, completely shift something you know uh, or, or lead to a kind of a path that you go down mm-hmm. um that again we spend so much of our time in this in this kind of modern constructed world trying to sort of you know succeed to get ahead to, and actually increasing i find you know removing ourselves more and more from what is alive you know mm-hmm. but we're sort of like trying to live this life but it's kind of actually like you speak of it's you know it's it's this separation which is so if we can find ways to to open up to notice to start to sort of sense our way back in mm-hmm. to things um that's revolutionary 100 percent, 100 percent. like i i thought you know what because don't get it wrong i didn't get on very well with school but i was very capable as a student and you know anybody that's taught me could tell you that and um the but it was literally like screw this system bro like i've been like that <laughs> i've been like that like screw this system i'm still gonna be out here i'm still gonna learn about stuff because i enjoyed learning about the birds i enjoyed the science of it but i'm just not doing it for 
this whack system that doesn't care to serve me at all. I'm going to do it in a classroom that I like being in, which is the forest. I'm going to do it on the timetable that is nature's timetable, which is no timetable, which is perfect for me. <laughs> so it's like, and, 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 and just that was my, that was my little act of rebellion, I guess. Like I'm going to engage in a, in a system, but it's going to be totally separate from one that exists here. Well, you, what you're speaking to as well is, I think, well, at least my is is the difference between learning and education, right? Mm-hmm. Learning is this like this innate human thing, right? I think we're 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 built to be mm-hmm. curious learners, but we kind of need to be able, we need to be given the space to find the things that we're curious mm-hmm. about that make us alive. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then encouraged to sort of go there and 100%. but but education says you know um you know you need to know this and you must learn it in this way mm-hmm. on these conditions mm-hmm. and of course that you know some folks can 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 do that you know but many of us can't 100%. you know and it breaks us mm-hmm. and then we lose the ability to be curious to mm-hmm. be awake to stuff because mm-hmm. it's battered out of us and i think that's this again this idea of like i love this whole you know I see this a lot, you know, always in the in the natural world, there's the ability for it to open you up, mm-hmm. to be, become just more curious generally, mm-hmm. more empathic, more kind of, and see possibilities. Mm-hmm. So there's a real, we talked about imagination, but when you look at the climate, <clears throat> um, all these, you know, all these issues we're facing into as a species, and there's a line of thought that says, you know, this reimagining piece, right? in order to kind of see the world differently or to reimagine things, like you need your imaginal capacities firing, you mm-hmm, know? 100%. And again, like for many of us, we really struggle with that because we, we're we so just trying to survive or grind our way through things that actually even just imagining that things could be different, mm-hmm. it's like, well, how, you know, how's that gonna work, mm-hmm, you know? Whereas mm-hmm. when we're allowed to get out into the living world, that relationship, that connection, I think fuels the imaginative capacity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah. like it's like fuel for reimagining these systems. 100%. So there's this it's like it feels like such a key part of this future of helping more people find that connection again, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. In order to bring that kind of like possibility back into the mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? These Definitely. these worlds that we're trying to shape differently 100%, and stuff. hundred yeah. percent. And that's that's why the Flock Together Academy, what we're doing is so important as well. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, no, hundred percent because yeah. it's 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 very relevant because these kids are constantly being told what to do and it's like, what if they don't want to do that? You know? And it's like we tell the kid we what we do at the academy is do what you like. Do you get what I'm saying? Go and do what you like. Maybe, you know, you we go out on the bird walk and the kids obviously that are more interested in the birds and the science of it, they stick close to me. But if we got some kids in the back just chatting away, doing their thing, that's fine. Do you know what I'm saying? There's no, you have to fill up your book with yeah. this and so that. So what ages you know? are you working with in the academy? So we're working with like uh, ages, well, generally under 18s. Um, but, yeah, for us, it's 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 about underprivileged kids. That's what it's about for us. The age is not so 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 important. Um, it's just about reaching underprivileged kids and and getting them out into these spaces and and filling them with confidence and with skills to go and be themselves and express themselves. You know, and um, if and if we. If, and show them that working in conservation, working in, in, in wildlife, working in ecology is possible. It is a possible path of access for you, you know? And 
we do work with some great organizations you know we just became um ambassadors of the wildfowl and wetland trust you know um and they're doing amazing work uh with the next generation opening doors career gateways and all that kind of stuff and that's another big part of what flock does as well you know we want to uh not just fill you with confidence and say here go run on your way but long term we want to be able to just say all right cool what do you like doing you like doing this cool here you go like off you go here's your chance bro like go for it and do that you know that's a big that's part, a big part of what we're building at the moment um building up that network and being able to provide those opportunities for for our community particularly for the next generation as well so there's sort of mentorship and then helping sort of open up opportunity or, or yeah. pathways into things that people are yeah becoming because it, it doesn't just start it doesn't it's it's we're underrepresented across all industries mm. not just the outdoors you know and um, we start with the outdoors and we start raising visibility with that but really it's a whole it's a whole takeover, baby. We're trying to be, <laughs> we're trying to be everywhere, you know. We're trying to be everywhere. I love it, you know. So that's what it's about. And 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 you know, when you look at the outdoors and all the industries attached, that's cons conservation, that's bloody filmmaking, that's gardening, whatever you want to call it. We're underrepresented mm. because we are thought to be quote unquote urban people, mm. which is the most whack term. Ever nothing like like I said right at the beginning. I owe everything I have to London. Do you get what I'm saying? And the w way it's shaped me, the way it's given me my mentality and all that. But I'm not an urban. I'm not born to be in a city. What the hell are you talking about? You get what I'm saying? I'm my DNA is made from two tropical islands. I'm I am nature. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, and it, and we are. You know, if you look historically for hundreds and probably thousands of years, the way we've lived back home, we're informed with all the wisdom, all the knowledge we need to survive in the natural world. We're the experts in this field. You get what I'm saying? But we've just been excluded. So it's about getting us back involved in those conversations, get back into those situations and and reclaim something that always belonged to us, you know? I, I love it, and there's a, and there's a lot that's opening up, right, for you and you guys. Tell us a little bit about, like, you know, because you've had a, you've had, it's been a it's been a bit of a mad couple of years, yeah, hasn't it? It has. It has. <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I, I was trying to lock Nadim down for a date to do this, and uh, this man is busy. Um, but um, t tell us what's tell us what's bubbling up because there's a lot. You got a book coming up? Yeah, we do have a book coming up, which is amazing. Um, it's 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 a first release, obviously, from Fuck Together. It tells a bit about my story, a bit about Ollie's story, how nature has has helped us as individuals, um, how it's gone on to shape the the our philosophy as 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 founders of Flock Together and and what we what that means, um, and then we've also been in what we've been doing TV shows. You might have seen us on the One Show before, and um, presenting like short pieces there. We've like we've got a few more of those coming up. But we're also developing, like, trying to develop our own TV shows as well, um, just to just widen that representation um, and 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 a chance to tell some stories again uh, on screen. Um, and then there's there are so many plans. There are so so many plans. Like I couldn't even begin to get them all off here. But that's the main ones. Those are the main ones to look out for. And then me personally as well. Like I've I've been out here. I've moved to moved to the West Country you know, in the hopes of, of doing some wildlife filmmaking as well. So, 
Yeah, man, big things, big things popping um, uh, in the future, in the near future, in 2022. Um, massive, massive ideas, massive, massive uh, support from within our community as well and from outside too. That's another thing I just want to maybe go back and say, like, our support that we've received from, like, white people has been amazing as well. We were always worried about that. I'm not going to lie. Like, we were always worried about that, doing something particularly for our community. But the support we've got has been overwhelming and we appreciate everybody that reaches out and is like, we get why this is so important. We get why this needs to happen. We have so many experts in their field saying, do you know how tired I am of seeing the same people? <laughs> yeah, having the same conversations. Like, everyone says it, yeah, you know? Yeah. And like, the yeah. change is upon us. And yeah, so I like, shout out all those people that have mm. supported as well. But yeah, big things are going on, man. Big things are going on in 2022, for sure. For sure, we're not going to stop. But I love that. You see, I love that as well because that's the thing, isn't it? It's like this sort of, sometimes I think, you know, the, we can have this kind of consensus reality that, that you know, nothing can change. You know what I mean? Mm. But like you say, like what you're experiencing on the ground now and, you know, and uh, and I, you know, again, because I'm, you know, always kind of oscillating between <laughs> despair for the world and <laughs> possibility, you know, but on the possibility front, you know, I get so excited by like what you're doing. What there's, I mean, there's amazing people doing stuff everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. How can folks tap into this in other ways or like what's what's the plans on, on building the community out? And so, yeah. So follow us on uh, on Instagram, like at flocktogether.world. Um, I'd say that's the best way to keep up with what we're doing. Um, we buy the are, book. Yeah, buy the book. <laughs> buy the book. It's, it's, you can pre-order that as well. The link's in there. Everything you need is I'll in there. I'll stick it all in the show notes. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, but yeah, that, so that that would, that's where we post a lot of our activity. Um, on our website as well, www.flocktogether.world. Um, you can see all the updates up there. Um, like that's walk information that's all the collaborations we do goes up there um, all, a bird sighting log as well is, is all we do up there as well um, yeah we've got some interesting plans so keep up keep up to date yeah. with us and um, yeah we've got a lot we've got a lot coming we, we're just trying to push this space forward make it pop fill it with energy fill it with vibes that's what we're all about. That's what we're all about. I love it. We've lo we've looped back to the vibes mm -hmm. where, we, where we began the conversation. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I love exactly. that, and it is. We we've got to we've dial up the vibe. We need a vibe revolution. That's what there we need. You, there you go. There you go. <laughs> let's there fit, you let's go. feel our way into yeah. uh, into a better world. Mm -hmm. um, Nadim, listen. I really appreciate your time, mm -hmm. and I love that we've managed to connect. And I'm pleased we spotted a few birds, oh, and uh, you spotted them about five minutes before I did. But <laughs> but it was good. And, uh, and um, so I always so I sort of clo I always close this uh, podcast. You know, I was, I was inspired. This podcast will be inspired by this sort of analogy of our of our living Earth as a kind of spaceship. You know, on this kind of life giving rock hurtling through space which always blows my mind that we don't talk about that a bit, a bit more often <laughs> but here we are mm -hmm. um but um so i always finish with this question like this idea of becoming crew what does it what does it speak to you what does it come up for you in the, in these times uh that's a great question uh i think that if you as a human being think that you are becoming the crew you've fallen into the trap of thinking you are the driver in the first place. I think that we are crew. We have always been crew and will always be crew. Nature is us. We are nature. 
but we are also subject to nature. Um, there is a harmonious balance that exists that keeps everything together. And we exist as a part of that balance, but for some reason we think we're the designers of that balance. We are not. There was an analogy that I really liked I was listening to the other day. Um, you know, we think we're the driver, but really we're just the loudest passenger. That's all we are, you know? Because um, we can say, yeah, we have control over all of these things, but at the end of the day, when the rain falls, the rain falls. You know, and there's no human being on earth that's ever going to change that. Uh, when the world turns, hurtling through space, the world brings night, the world brings day. No human being is ever going to be able to control that. Um, and once we remember that order of things, we begin to realize, okay, yes, we do have great intelligence. Yes, we have great free will. Why is that? That's because the director of this entire process is mother nature is the earth and what she's been generous enough to do is bless us with life and with this sentience and we ought to take every instruction from her as gospel listen to her and make sure she survives long long into the future because we owe her that much you know life is a balance we can't just keep take take taking from this planet and thinking they'll think there'll be no consequences. There will be, as we're seeing in the world today. Um, as much as the world has given us, we must give back. And the way we give back as a race, as a people, is by speaking about the importance of Earth, speaking about the love that Earth has to give, and then also speaking about us as people protecting this Earth from those who are putting it in danger. And I would say then we start to take a step towards being good passengers because we will never be uh, drivers ever. <laughs> Love it. Brilliant. <laughs> you just smashed my analogy right there. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Brilliant. Nadine, thanks so much, dude. And um, Amazing. Um, just sending vibes to all what you and Ollie and all your community are doing and uh, we'll be watching and... Uh, spreading the spreading the word where I can and um, let's keep let's keep in touch no 100% Dan thank you very much no, for thanks. having me here man absolute pleasure thanks. absolute pleasure and I'm, I'm, I love the podcast first of all <laughs> but I love the space here I've just been chilling looking out the window vibing it's amazing <laughs> well, this, is, this is good it's, it's good that you're saying that maybe I can get I'll get more f future guests that will come and visit now <laughs> yeah, there let's you go. get rid of the zoom man let's get rid of all that stuff now if you're listening <laughs> and you're ever considering coming on Dan's podcast come to the house it's a vibe it's it's totally chill it's it's so worth the trip uh, thanks man <laughs> nice one if you've appreciated listening to this podcast would you consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a rating or review via your podcast provider. It helps more people to find us and we'd be most grateful. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Nadeem. Um, I certainly did. I'm hoping we might actually record another episode at the end of this year to check in on, on developments and share some more stories. Um, I was also reminded listening to Nadeem, actually it was something that I took away from cop last year as well was that it seems so obvious 
that those communities with roots in the global south and of course across indigenous cultures all over our planet who've been most oppressed by the western colonial extractive logic of progress and development over the last 500 years or so are of course the best place communities to be shaping and guiding how we might evolve our human systems and structures in light of climate and ecological breakdown because of their deep knowledge and intelligence and experiences in how to live and flourish in relationship with the living world something they've been doing for millennia and not in an exploitative and extractive way so the question i'm left with is how can we collectively help accelerate that shift because the times are beyond urgent right now anyway do check out all the links in the show notes go and order yourself the flock together book outsiders that's coming out uh, in the summer it's going to be a cracker so you can support the flock together mission through that um, and get outside get spotting our extraordinary bird family i was rather taken with the story of the green woodpecker that Nadim shared. And I'm, I'm actually left with the question, did Nadim spot the woodpecker or did the woodpecker spot Nadim? So I'm going to play out the track. It's a request from Nadim. It's by Connie Converse. It's called Talking Like You, Two Tall Mountains. It's circa 1950. And there's quite a story to her as I found out. Uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast do please consider sharing it and giving us a review that would be lovely on your podcast provider that will help other people find it we'd be very grateful until next time take care of yourself look after those around you and our more than human family peace and out this podcast is created in service to life for you it takes time funds and energy to make if you'd like to contribute to the running costs, you can donate the price of a cuppa or a pint. Find the link on our website. This podcast wouldn't exist without the following crew. Charlie Shred, Audio Jedi. Vicky Turner, Show Notes. Seaman Home Burgess, Engine Room. Willow Burgess, Jingles. How about two tall mountains? In between two tall there's a place they call lonesome. Don't see why they call it lonesome. I'm never lonesome when I go there. See that bird sitting on my windowsill? Well, he's saying whippoorwill. See that brook running by my kitchen door Well, it couldn't talk no more if it was you Up that tree, there's sort of a squirrel thing Sounds just like we did when we were quarreling In the yard, I keep a pig or two They drop in for dinner like you used to do I don't stand in the need of company Everything I see, talking like you Up that tree, that's sort of a squirrel thing Sounds just like we did when we were quarreling 
You may think you left me all alone But I can hear you talk without a telephone I don't stand in the need of company With everything I see talking like you See that bird setting on my windowsill Well he's saying whippoorwill All the night through Just whippoorwill All the night through In between two tall mountains There's a place they call lonesome Don't see Did you happen to uh, get that?